Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Teresa Kitchens, and I have a very good friend of mine. I have seen her from afar, loved her up close, and I get the opportunity to serve with her, serving women in the insurance space. So you may know her as Erin Nutting, who has written articles for Safeco. She's a blogger. She's amazing. But we also know her as Erin Kaiser, the new, not newly married, newly, newly married, but recently married out of Tucson, Arizona. Erin, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. Hi, friend. Hi, hi, hi. I, I, as I mentioned to you, you make me sound way cooler than I actually am. So for that, I thank you. You've you've brought extra caffeine into my life and energy this morning. So I'm so happy to be here and to support you and everything that you're doing. I just, I admire you so much and everyone that you've had on. I just, it. you're doing good things, friend. You're doing really well, good things. You. Keep at it. You're very, very sweet. Well, you know, I think one of the things that you and I talk about, we actually, you were on the podcast earlier back in 2020, back when we first started, I think you were, you were in the middle of trying to figure out how to homeschool multiple children, which I'll let you get into, but multiple children going through COVID, everybody was in lockdown, I think, because everything had just started. And I think we were like, I don't know, a month and a half, two months into into COVID. And I, we weren't very far in, and you were trying to figure all this out and navigate last time I heard from you. And since then you've gotten married and moved houses and you've had lots of awesomeness and craziness. Your children are still breathing. You're still yeah. breathing. And so is your husband. So kudos to you. You guys survived. <laughs> my breast. Thank you. Yeah. COVID, right. That's like kind of the, who we, Yes. Last time we spoke was 2020. I remember because I think I was hiding in my master bedroom when we were on the the phone, um, which I spent a lot of time doing during that couple of years of my (laughs) life. Um, it's crazy because in, so I've been an insurance agent since I was 19 years old. So that would, I'm 37 now. So that dates me a little bit there. Um, as far as how long I've actually been in the space, which for someone as young as I am, I'm completely aware that's weird. That's abnormal. Right. I, my my very good friend, Alicia Cavanaugh, who's also a member of Women of IAOA, and she has been in the insurance space right around the same time as me. I think she was actually 16 when she started. So oh, like, wow, other yeah. than her, I'm kind of like, wow, we've, we have just, we've created these full careers and we're still only 37, 38 years old. So it's kind of bananas to me, but never, ever, ever in my time of insurance. Have I experienced anything like I experienced with COVID? You know, people were asking all the time, you know, well, how's business affected? How's business? And I will also tell you this, and you know, there might be women out there who have had um, different experiences, but COVID really didn't affect my actual business that much as far as like premium and renewals. And it kind of gave me a more of an opportunity to service customers a little bit differently because I'm literally sitting there. Um, and it allowed me to be, I've always, I've always prized myself and like been one of the things that I really like patted myself on the back is I've always tried to be very authentic and right. I'm very authentic with people in the space and people around me. But what I was kind of missing at that point was the authenticity with my clients and letting them know, like, Hey, this is happening in my life. I realize you're buying a house. I realize this is happening, but I have to provide 
18 packs of fruit snacks to four (laughs) small individuals in the next three minutes, or it's going to go crazy in here. People were very, you know, receptive during that time. And the craziest thing about COVID was I had my, my office previously, and I actually did not home office at that time. I had a brick and mortar, which we can get into a little bit too, because that's not my preferred way of doing business. I started out as a digital agency and um, I needed to move because of my sanity. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. So when that, (laughs) when, when that, when the office life had to shut down, my husband, who is a branch manager for a fairway mortgage, he's a loan officer. He had to shut his, and he has like eons more employees than I have. Right. So for him, this was massive. So at that time we were, I don't even know if we were engaged at that time. No, we were engaged. We were engaged. Um, and at that time, um, we hadn't, we hadn't been living together because we really were trying to wait to merge kids because together we have six children, which equals 47, really. <laughs> they got to multiply. It's kind of like, kinda like, what is it? What was that movie back forever? The gremlins, if they get wet after oh my gosh. Yeah, all of a sudden they just that's go. That's what <laughs> happens. <laughs> except, yeah, that's what happens. Except for it's my, when mine get hungry is when they okay. multiply, which is okay. like all the time. So, um, so we weren't <laughs> living together. But my, um, and, and a lot of people in this space, uh, I had a very, um, I, I previously, as I, as you said, uh, my last name was Nutting, Aaron Nutting, and I went through a very quiet divorce and, um, my ex-husband and I, and I hate calling him that, but just for relative yep. to the story, um, we're very close and he's actually been remarried since. And I am so blessed to be able to call his wife a friend. And we just, we so lovingly call ourselves team parents, right? Team, the four of us are just team parents and we parent all six of these kids together. And it's amazing. Um, but during COVID we had to kind of come to the terms of, okay, are we going to do the COVID thing? Like that means we're quarantining. So that means Matt and Tina don't live with us. So that basically forced us into a situation where Tina moved in with Brett and Matt moved in with me. And at that time it was just me and my house. And it was like 1800 square feet. Yeah. And there was eight of us living in there. It was, I look back on that time now and I'm amazed that I don't have a drinking problem and I'm amazed (laughs) that we made it. I, you know, I, I, I'm so, and you'll hear me talk about my husband quite a bit because he's just, he is like the perfect business personal blend. And I'm so fortunate during that time because he's the opposite of me and that I'm, oh my gosh, this is happening. It's crazy. I'm stressed. I'm, I really was struggling with my mental health not just Mm -hmm. during COVID, but prior to COVID. And my husband is very just like, whatevs, chill. It's going to be fine. He's the, it's going to work out how it's supposed to work out kind of guy. That's him. And I'm grateful for that now in hindsight, as much as you know, you want to, when you're going through it, it's not all going to work out. Turns out it works out. Um, so yeah, COVID was crazy, but Mm -hmm. I know a lot of our purpose here today is to talk about like mental health and where we're at with the space. And because there's a lot of women, not just right now, but have maybe gone through things that maybe they haven't dealt with, or maybe they're trying to still do the thing that I like to do. I don't know if you like to do this, but I like to go do, do, do. And I like to put it all down. (laughs) I have to say, I got, I got, I have this chant that I do, push it down, shove it down, way down. Oh my gosh. Let's do it together. Push it down, shove it down, down, way down. It's my, it's my little, (laughs) I can't deal with this right now. I will figure it out later. You know, but a lot of times it doesn't come right back up again, you know, until 
it becomes a nasty beast in the world, you know, it kind does. of thing. So it's not healthy to do that at all. But that's not, I would just chant that to myself over and over and over again, whenever I get in like a really difficult situation. And, and I realized as an adult, that's not very healthy. <laughs> as, you know, a, probably as a teenager, not. it was great in my own way, but you know, and it's helped me definitely to push through some situations that you just have to, you know, I, 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 I love the song. If you're going through hell, just keep on going, you mm-hmm. know? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you're going to get to the other side eventually, and then you can look back and you could go, gosh, that was hard. And I don't like mm-hmm. labeling things as difficult or hard. I just go, let's just go. And as an yeah. adult on this end, I have to give myself a lot more grace on that. Yeah. But um, that was, that was definitely my youth. It was the, uh, just keep on going, you know, mentality. Yeah. It's really hard too, because, you know, before COVID and as an, I was a captive agent, uh, when I first started, I worked for State Farm. I worked for a woman who, um, at that time, I just thought was like the worst. Like she was so in my head, nineteen year old head. She was so mean, and everything was so this and this and this. And it's funny because eighteen years later, I literally am her. So it's <laughs> hilarious to me. But I started captive, and I made a jump from State Farm to Allstate. And then I was like, "This is crazy. Why am I doing this for somebody else? This is bananas." Yep. I am tired of doing this and making everybody else look like rock stars. I'm going to look like a rock star. And so I've had my agency for eight years and, um, it's given me so many platforms to do things that I never would equivalent with insurance. You know, I've been very fortunate in my career to have the ability to work with amazing people. Like, you know, I'm not a huge name dropper, but the people in my life, I just, I love, love, love them so much. And they've created such a consistency for me. I mean, like being able to have someone push you and be like, you can write a blog, you can create a niche brand. You can speak at a conference. You can speak at multiple conferences. You can write blogs for carriers. You can write, you know, you you can do these crazy things that for me, I just was selling insurance policies. Like, what what did I know? And so I'm so grateful for my time in this space. And I will say the last eight years have been just incredible up and down. And there's been a lot of consistencies too, but a lot of that comes with mental health. And I'll never forget. I was at, I was speaking at a conference in Las Vegas. And at the time, um, I want to say, um, agency nation was there and, um, it's years, like it's been years since this has, since this has happened. And they had sent somebody out to chat with me, um, Sydney, And Sydney and I were talking and I'll never forget. She asked me this question and it really just kind of changed it. I want, I don't want to give like, not, I need to give credit where credit is due because it changed the trajectory of the way I thought, but also it made me question, like, am I really mentally okay as an agency Mm. owner or am I doing the push, 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 shove, 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 not addressing it. And the reality was I really was doing the push, 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 shove, shove, shove. So she asked me, she goes, you know, what do you feel like your biggest sacrifice was in starting Mm. the agency? And I'm like, again, Sydney's a friend. So for me, I'm like, okay, if I cry in for this lady, she's not going to care. But, you know, for a long time, I always thought my, my biggest sacrifice in my agency was my marriage, right? Like Mm. I always equivalated he, uh, my, my children's father, he was there when I started, we were married for quite some time. I mean, we had gotten together when I was 20 years old, so we were together for a long time. Um, and I had always thought like at that time I was like going through a really hard time in my marriage, things were really rough. But then the more and more I started thinking about it, I was like, well, wait a minute. Like 
I think actually my biggest sacrifice was me. I think I sacrificed myself for this business and not just my, I I don't know if you, you probably can more than anybody can imagine. Like you can probably relate an immense amount because it's, you're not only sacrificing your self, like I'm not saying you're selling your soul here, but you're sacrificing yourself because your own business, your, your agency, but then take it out a little bit. I was starting to really take off like in public speak. People were asking me to be at conferences. I mean, like who gets paid to speak at a conference? Bananas. Once I figured out that <laughs> happened, I was like, full send. Let's go. Right. So I had my agency that I was sacrificing me for. I had the industry that I was sacrificing for. And then on the outside, I had nothing left for anybody else. Uh-huh. And that includes, you know, that includes myself. And as much as much as there's a lot of components. And I could have done better, right? There's a lot of things like I, everyone's like, oh, you got to take time for you. That's very easy to say. It's much harder to live, especially when you're a one-man show. And I was a one-man show for quite some time. Um, for the majority of my agency, I was a one-man show. And yeah, so I think sacrificing myself was like the biggest eye-opener. And then from there, I just took a total downhill. And I was unpacking things and I wasn't healing from the unpacking. Yeah. I was just like, go, 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 ignore, ignore, ignore. And eventually I had severe depression and severe anxiety. I would say right around probably year four and five of my agency okay. was one of the hardest times in my life. It was really, really, I, I've never been a person that's never been able to self-start. And at that time I had a hard time, like putting clothes on to mm-hmm. get in front of my desk. When I was there, I was fine when I was there sitting in front of my desk, but I stopped wanting to leave the office. I stopped wanting to, I just, I totally immersed mm-hmm. myself in the agency. And then of course, when I went through my divorce, it didn't get much better. I basically right. then remarried my company. It was, it was. I should have just changed my name to Aaron Integrity. That's what I should have really done. <laughs> that would have been a really cool branding move. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right. Yeah. Instead of instead of naming the agency after you, you name yourself after the agency, right? One hundred percent. Yes. I should have just <laughs> gone full send tattoos, Aaron Integrity. You know, put a QR code on my bicep so people could just when you know Take they want to quote. Oh yeah. Yep. God, why has yep. anybody done that? Digital I'm agency, not- baby. Digital agency. Well, like full commitment at that yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. You obviously didn't go all in. No, I didn't. That's yeah, I didn't. I have so much more to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so much of your story just resonates with me because I'm going on my 20th year in business. My mm-hmm. kids were three and six or three and nine when I started. Um, and I mean, I went through my first divorce with my husband and, um, mm-hmm. or my, my first husband, my kid's father. And, you know, and we actually have sat down now because um, our children are grown, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. My daughter has joined the agency. She's my baby at 23. And um, of course, my my son um, would have just turned 29 last week. And so um, uh, it's, it's so important, though, that we, me and my ex-husband actually sat down. And I like to call him just my kid's dad. So, yeah, you know, he's I'm their saying. dad. So. Um, so we actually sat down, my, my son, and for people who know, and I feel like I bring it up all the time. I don't mean to, just because it is such a, a formidable event in somebody's life, but, um, he passed away last September. So his birthday was last week. So we ended up going to, uh, my daughter and my, and her dad live in Denver 
not together. She just happened to go where he was for college. Um, And so uh, we were up there and we were celebrating Jeff's birthday. And um, as a, as a family, and it was really, really funny because we got in this conversation about um, how the business really made an impact on our relationship. And number one, we had trouble already, right? We had problems already. We just did. Sure. And we, we got married at 19. We were young. There was no way I'm going to sit here and say that it was, it was the business that, that made it not work. That sure. is not what I'm saying. I want to make sure I'm very clear on that, but it definitely did not make things easier. And it definitely no. did not smooth out any rough patterns you know, kind of thing. And I really went into gratitude with him and just said, thank you for, you know, um, he's a computer guy. So he like helped set up our website and he helped me set up my computers and a lot of our technology and da, da, da. And I just said, you know, thank you so much for being in that space and mm-hmm. um, being open to that. And, you know, the amount of times that you took the kids on a Saturday afternoon so I could catch up on work or yeah. whatever. And um, he, just the role that he played in that. And he and I also had the conversation that, my mother passed away from mesothelioma, which is cancer due to asbestos poisoning. And um, the money from some of that is part of what we set up the agency with. And my dad has worked for me for uh, the last 20 years. My stepfather has worked for me for the last 20 years, her husband. And, you know, he has had a lot of freedom. That's all I'm going to say. He's had a lot of freedom. And um, there's always that one. There's always the one. (laughs) I'm just going to say, you know, I'm going to let that be right there. I'm going to show that comment. But he's had a lot of freedom and he's had a steady paycheck. Well, he had a lot of freedom. And so, you know, the business took care of me. It took care of my children. And then when my son passed in September, my daughter came to me in October and said, hey, I want to join the agency. I love what it did for our family. And I love what the, what the industry has done and what your role is in it. And so now she's been licensed and she's joined us. And that's amazing. He and I I had this conversation just that that time in our space, even though it was really, really difficult, has really helped to frame our family in so Mm -hmm. many different ways. And we both just went into gratitude for the difficulties that came from it. So Mm -hmm. I think your story is so true. We do, we push things down. And I got to say, just like that divorce, just like, you know, trying to get kids through school and live life. And um, my daughter's dyslexic. So we had her in private school. So just the, the being a single mom trying to get keep somebody in private school financially, the, the yeah. challenge with all that, you know, I woke up at 40 years old, a complete emotional mess. You know, and it was not a pretty sight. So I don't, I think we're, I think we're very normal. I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. Yes. And I want to, I want to address something real quick because it means a lot to me. I know you feel like you bring up your son and his passing. And I want you to, I want you to understand that that is 100% what you should be doing and living in his memory every day. It's funny. Um, my brother, I lost my brother when I was 17 and his name was Jeff. And so I, it's, it's, I mean, a lot, it's been a lot longer for me now. Um, it's just, I always felt like that was something I needed to not talk about too. And I've had a lot of loss in my life as well, which has been, um, very shaping because there's good things to that. And then obviously there's a lot of heavy feels. Um, but I think a lot of times, even in speaking to women who might be listening to this, who, you know, are trying to figure out their own mental health, like the one thing I wish that someone would have told me when I was going through all this stuff is I was in, like I joined, I, this is, this'll, this'll be a, how long I've been. I joined IOA when there was like 25 people in the group. Oh my gosh. I'm not talking, yes. I'm not talking the women of IOA, like IOA main group, like 25 people. Yeah. And 
it, I wasn't able to go to the first conference because I was nine months pregnant with my daughter, Samantha. Oh my goodness. So I couldn't go, but I was, you know, I, I went the following year and I actually spoke at the event in San Antonio. And for those of you who went to San Antonio, um, it, it was just this, like you walk in and there's this vibe, right? Like everyone you're, it sounds, this sounds crazy, but this is the mentality that I was in at the time you walk in. Like I've never spoken an event before ever. Like that's not a thing in my life. Like I didn't even know what to do, but I was so fortunate. I had amazing friends in my life, you know? And, um, so we did it and it was great. And I launched my niche brand and that was really cool and all the things. But what I think I want to drive home with people who are listening to this is that you're looking at people's highlight reel on social media. Yes. Yep. Like, and I know you've probably heard that a million times, but I want to be specific to the insurance space. You're looking in groups like, you know, the women of insurance, which I actually think does a phenomenal job of being authentic. You're looking at groups um, like the main group IOA. You're looking at all these other insurance groups and you're looking at these big names, right? Like I remember at the time I thought Claudia McLean was literally the Britney Spears of the insurance world. <laughs> she okay. is. Right. Yeah, no idea. I was fangirling like it wasn't anybody. She got me a necklace in San Antonio before I spoke. I was like, this is it. She is so cool. Like I'm here for that. that but there's awesome. these, everyone's got their own Claudia McLean, right? Everyone's got yep. their, like, everyone's got like, tell me how you did it. Tell me how you do this. I want to be so clear and is, and Claudia is one of the most authentic people I've had mm-hmm. the privilege yeah. to meet and she's kind and genuine. And she's actually not, she doesn't fall in this next category that I'm going to speak of when you're watching someone online, when you're watching someone in their industry and you're meeting with company reps and you're curious about how other agencies are doing and all those things, I want to be super clear in that everyone is going through what you're going through. It's just some people aren't brave enough to talk about it. And you have to be so careful if you are like, maybe, maybe you've read some of my blogs and I, again, I've written some pretty bold ones. Like I had written one previously, um, for, um, I want to say, gosh, I think it was Jason Cass. I think I, I, in in his little group that he has, Mm -hmm. um, and I wrote this, I wrote this, um, blog about basically emotional terrorism and how, what that means in your life and what that means for your agency life and how you're taking care of all these people, but you're not taking care of yourself in ways that you can get out of that funk. I want to be clear when I was writing that article, I still was not taking care of myself. Mm. Here I am. I'm writing an article. All the, it's like, it's like the coach who can't compete, right? Like that's what I was doing. And I'm really happy to say things are a lot different now um, with a lot of hard work and a lot of things, but I still like can revert back very easily. So if there are women who are listening to this and who are like, Oh yeah, I don't know how, how does she do it all? I don't. How does Teresa do it all? You don't. I don't. How does anyone like there? It's such false. A lot of times we create these false hustles in our life to keep us so busy that we don't actually address the crazy storm that is happening. And that's what was happening in my life. And when COVID happened. That was actually the beginning of me getting better. That two years prior, after I spoke at that conference was just an absolute nightmare emotionally for me. Mm. And I had to learn, um, I had to learn who I was and a lot of women I've heard now I'm, I'm 37. So a lot of women I've heard, um, really found themselves in their thirties, but even more so in their forties. And I can't wait 
until those, <laughs> until those days. Um, but I'm constantly learning, but I had to mm-hmm. kind of find myself. And through that process, I started realizing that I don't like writing insurance policies, Teresa. I hate it. I, I am not a fan of making policy changes. Like, I don't know yep. any other women out there who I love to sit behind their computer you know, I, and I started equivalating myself with like, again, big names in the space again at that, like one of my very close friends, Nicholas Ayers, huge in the space. He was previously with IOA, just a phenomenal, like yep. path creator and like Linda Fisher. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at, Love her. you know, Chris Langell with AE. And I'm like, what, how are these people? Like, I'm just comparing myself mm-hmm. to all these people. And one of one of the people in my life who I pride myself very authentic is Denise Bravo. Like she is, I don't want to, you know, if I call her a beacon, she's going to get a big head and I don't want her to have a bigger, a bigger one. She don't get a big head, Denise, but she is like, she's such a, she's such a beacon of authenticity. And she is one of the very few people in my life who can actually just like make me listen. Cause I'm really bad with listening. But she has this gift for like cutting through the crap. Like, yeah. She has this, like, she's so funny. She comes mm-hmm. in, she goes, okay, honey, now we just stop. Just stop. <laughs> and if you're watching the video right now, if you know Denise, you're like, you can see it, right? So anyway, but, and she's, yes. just like, she's like, okay, so the truth is, and this is what's really going down. And you're like, okay, let's go, Denise. And you just want to jump on her train and you are just going with her. She just has this I know. And I know. she's so just real, down to earth, authentic. But at the same point, she's it's- such a force. She is a force. She's a force. And I will say one of the very first, and I think she did a podcast with you on this, or she did some sort of like training on it um, about emails. So one of the very first professional interactions, now I've known Denise for a while on a personal level, but on one of the very first professional interactions, I'm in my master bedroom. This is before COVID. And I have like so many emails that I don't know what to do. And we got to this point where like my, um, my oldest daughter had some things going on where she was hospitalized for a little while. This was a long time ago. And so I was so bogged down. I was still very new in my space. Um, and so Denise comes in, she's like, we're filing email bankruptcy and it's happening. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't even know what that means. And she's like, we're going to move all this garbage to a folder and we're doing this and we're going to go through anything that comes today, we're going to handle and everything. And it was so mind blowing to me because it's almost as if like, because she gave me permission to do it, it was going to be okay. (laughs) Right. But it It was terrified you the moment before, right. It terrified you the moment before. But then when she did it, you just went, Oh, Uh, yeah. I mean, there's just this like, yeah. And, and the world didn't end, Aaron, your world did not end. Right. No, you you were okay. got better to be honest, (laughs) but But like, if, if you really think about like, as being in the space and looking at all these people, it's really easy to kind of get down on yourself and think, okay, I'm not there. I'm not a Claudia McLean. I am not doing all of these things. I'm not creating like video platforms and all this, like, that's not what I was doing, but in my own right, I was still doing really great things. And then when COVID happened, my family needed me to show up in a different way. And I think that's a lot of struggle. And I hear this is the one thing about the women in IOA that I want everyone to kind of like inward look is that not all caretakers of children or not all people who have to actually like make a shift when things go down at home, like COVID, like it's not just women, it's men too. Yeah. And so I think 
You know what I mean? So I think like during that time, I'm super fortunate, Matt, my husband, we were married in 2020. Um, after I swore up and down, I would never get married again. That wasn't happening in my life. Right. And he was safe because he had never been married. I mean, he's going to be 39 years old and he had never, ever in his life been married before me. He has two kids from a prior relationship who I love and adore and it's creates our Brady bunch. Um, but when he came in, it was very like, it wasn't just me. I've not one Mm -hmm. time ever been truly a single parent in my life because I've always had an immense amount of support from my kid's dad as well as my husband. So I've been very fortunate in that. But I think when COVID happened, it was like, I, you kind of figure out what you're made of. And in my case, I was never meant to be a stay-at-home mom. Like I never, it's still, if you ask me right now, I'd be like, absolutely. hundred percent. No, but (laughs) at that time I was a full-time agency owner and I was a full-time mom and a full-time almost wife. And it, it was insane to me. And my family needed me to show up in different ways. I was really fortunate during that time that I found, refound my love for working out. Working out is huge for me with anxiety. I would love to talk about that because you do, you're very, um, vocal about your working out and how it has helped you with your anxiety and your stress and how it is an outlet for you. And, um, back when I had my daughter 23 years ago, um, I had a therapist because I went through a massive postpartum depression because I lost my mom, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the therapist said, get out 30 minutes a day, just walk, walk. And so then I would walk and then I'll sit them out for an hour, hour and a half. And then all of a sudden I was like, I could run. And I went to the point where I ran two marathons. Uh, I ran half marathons through like Dang, I was 30, Gina. 36, 37. Yeah. And I, I stopped because I was single and I couldn't spend the time out on the road. Uh-huh. And I ended up like going up. I was, I was training for a full on marathon and I ended up throwing my whole back out like two weeks before the actual marathon. Cause I was just doing too many miles and I couldn't keep up with yeah. it during the week. And um, I mean, training during the week. And so, yeah. but one of the things that <clears throat> I found is that later on in life, okay. Cause I got hurt, blah, blah, blah. Gain a lot of weight. Anybody who looks at me knows I'm not where I was at that point in my time in my life. But here's the deal. I have such a hard time pulling myself back up when that depression or when that when that anxiety hits, when mm-hmm. I want to hit the floor, when my heart hits the floor, not maybe my body, my heart, my soul, right? Even yep. if it's just from a stupid phone call with a client that yep. I let I let get to me too much. Okay. Not that the phone calls too, but just, I let it get to me too much. How do you, with six kids in the home, marriage and agency, how do you find that space to reinvest in that? I know that the point is when you get far enough along in that journey, you crave that adrenaline, you crave that dopamine, you crave what, what, what exercise gives you and so forth. But how, how does somebody get back there? That's one thing that I think a lot of women struggle with is we have this memory of working out or yoga or whatever it is that we did at one point in time in our life. Or like the, remember when I had abs, like that's my right. favorite one. That's right. <laughs> well, I never had abs, but you know, I I had, I'm like, that's never happening for me. So, um, right. Right. But that's I, such I a remember good... like looking at my legs and feeling like they were strong and powerful. I remember going mm-hmm. up stairs and saying, I am awesome. I remember trying on clothes and thinking, yeah, girl, you know, and it, but it was also that I remember 
when um, when I wouldn't run for a couple of days, uh, my kid's dad, if I was in an emotional space, he would go, girl, go put on a sports bra and get your butt out there because I'm yeah. not doing this. And I was yeah. like, okay. He championed you. Mm-hmm. And I go and I go. And how do you find that again? Because I think so many of us struggle for that. And it's so debilitating. Yeah. yeah. And I am going to flat out and like, for the women out there who are like, you just do. No. <laughs> that is not the answer. That is so wrong. And I don't even think you believe it. Like Mm-mm. that's you, when you are fighting through not, we're not even talking just depression or anxiety. We're talking about like the burnout. Like yeah. when you are so immense, like so mentally burnt out, the number one thing that my husband knows about me when I go into a depressive state, because I want to be clear as much as I have managed it and I've gotten help and therapy and I've gone through all of my crap and I am in a completely different headspace, I still dip. So the number one thing that my husband notices is I stop working out. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go out to lunch. I don't want to go out to dinner. I literally want to sleep, which for a mother of six kids, that's not happening. So I have to kind of, I had to kind of figure out a different way. The number one thing, the number one thing that I actually loved to do, and this sounds so probably vain and crazy, but I love me a good before and after picture. I just love it. It's my, one of my favorite things. So my last time that I can think about doing this is, um, I'm the opposite of summer body. My best body comes from the winter months of October to February. That is my favorite time of working out. Really? I think it's because I live in Arizona, to be honest. I think I just don't enjoy working out in 115 degrees as much as some people might. Um, so I started like, okay, I'm going to not put a goal weight because I actually think goal weights are a recipe for disaster because for so long I was raised in an environment with pageants and, um, photo shoots and all these things Mm. that really gave my value based on how I looked. And like, I would much, I, I would much rather now just feel good in my clothes. So I stopped putting, um, numbers on end games for weight. But the number one thing I I struggled with was what you're asking me is how do you get up? How do you do it? How do you do the things? And I journal a lot, like every day, sometimes a couple times a day, but it's weird. Like if you were to read my journal, you'd be like, this person is crazy. Like, cause it's just like, Oh, this thought, Oh, this thought. So I journal with like my goal of baby steps, like, okay, I really want to work out three times this week take it a little bit down more. What are those three days? I want to work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. What am I going to do? And then I plan my workouts. So that way it's easy. So if I, my husband and I work out at five 30 in the morning, that's just the only time that works for us. We, yep. sometimes I, I've heard from multiple women, like, how do you like working out with your husband? I have a love hate relationship with working out with my very (laughs) competitive collegiate athlete husband. I have a very love hate with it, but it keeps me accountable. Yeah. So if you can find the accountability for yourself, like baby step, I'm going to work out this, like there is no right reason. Like there's no, if you want to work out one day a week and maybe you're working out is going for a walk. Maybe you're working out is simply just doing squats, whatever works Mm -hmm. for you. I CrossFit, that's not for everyone. And to be honest with you, at this point in my life, I'm still figuring out if CrossFit's for me because my back hurts, my knees hurt. Right. Like I'm starting to work through, like I have to dial back things that I used to be able to do in CrossFit. Um, I'm I'm not getting any younger and I've been CrossFitting for a long time now. So 
whatever your workout is, just take it in like the small gulp. And if you're depressed, if you wake up that morning and you're like, I don't want to do it, allow yourself the ability to say, it's okay. It has to get done today because I committed this, but I don't have to do it right now. I like to work out in the morning because at two o'clock in the afternoon, I literally hate thinking about having to work out any further in the day. So plan it, but also get yourself a pal. Maybe like they don't have to work out with you. There are some days where I'm just like, all right, like, like we texted this morning, I'm running with my dog and the dog that I did not want beyond belief (laughs) is now like, I call him my emotional support animal because literally that's what he is. He's amazing. Um, but maybe your working out looks different. Working out doesn't have to be in a gym or, you know, to the point of you want to cry because you can't stand up or sit down when you have to go to the bathroom, but take the small gulp, decide like how many times a week do I want to be active? Maybe active is a better word than being working out. How many days do I want to be active? And then actually like, if you journal like me, write it in your journal, or if you like your phone, put it in your phone and just set set aside that time that I'm going to do this. Um, Another thing though, I realized that it wasn't just about like the working out because working out's great, but like you're only working out for like what, an hour a day, maybe like 30, 45 minutes. What are you going to do with the rest of that time? Like the rest of the mental health. So I realized um, that I had to force myself to do things that I loved, which is weird, right? Like, have you ever had to do that? Like, I love to read, but I stopped reading. I don't know why. And I think it's because I let myself feel the burnout and feel all of Mm -hmm. those things more than actually trying to like get out from behind a computer screen or get out behind my phone, like having no phone time, like those types of things. I wasn't good at that. I always felt like I was responsible for somebody else's feelings, emotions, or need for me. And so true. It's awful. Like that's probably the number one thing you sound, you sound like an empath. Are you, are you empathetic? So I'm I'm really not. I really say that I was not, I was not born with the mercy gene. That's what I always say. Um, but at the same point, I, if, if, if people ask me for mercy or if they play me for mercy, I am the last person to give mercy on the planet. Like I'm not, and I hate to use the word mercy. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, oh baby, let me coddle you. But if you're like my person and you just need something, I will yeah. go to the ends of the earth to make sure that happens. If that makes yeah. sense. You yeah. know, um, my sister, on the other hand, she like feels everybody's everything. And like, she takes it on personally. And there's a lot of things that I'm kind of like, that's I, I have what I call the, you do you boo rule. And I'm like, you do you boo. Like, that's not my space. That's not my place. And I'm very okay with that. But if yeah. I do feel like it's my place, like my kids or my husband or my team, or even some of my clients, you know, if they call me crying to some degree, you know, whatever, I, I'll, I'll do anything to make sure that that yeah. stuff gets taken care of. And that's, it's so interesting because most women, most people in general, hu- the human gene is we do that, but we don't do that for ourselves. Yeah. And that's what, um, during the last during the last um, year specifically, I've really been feeling responsible for myself. I've been feeling, mm-hmm. which is funny because that's such an interesting, weird way to say it, but I've been really responsible for, I'm really tired of having the dips. How do I get out of that? When did this start? And like having to really dive deep and unpack things in therapy. And a lot of the things started when I started my agency. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of the, oh my God moment that happened for me. And I realized, okay, I need to really unpack this a little bit. And then you go back and you're like, wow, I had some really great stuff happen. Like how great of a world that we live in, that we're able as individuals to say, I'm going to open a business. 
I'm going to do it and I'm going to make money. And not just a little money, like you can make however much money you really want or that you want to apply yourself to. How great of a world that we live in that that gets to happen. But, and I promised you, I was going to talk to you about something today. So I I feel like this is a really good platform to do that because I feel like, um, I feel like there are probably a lot of people out there struggling with this kind of stuff. And I almost want to give them permission that there's no right or wrong because somebody else chose it. So recently within the last year, as I mentioned, I'm holding responsibility for myself. I've really been figuring out if I want to continue to be an agency owner. And when I say that it's weird because I run a successful business. I've been in it for eight years. Like it, it didn't fail. It's still very successful and going great. I've had the privilege of working with so many amazing people. And there's really no reason for me to get out aside from myself. And I realized that there was a couple of things in my career that I would have done differently that might have saved me for my ultimate, you know, my ultimate best choice for me. And my ultimate best choice for me is I'm um, selling my agency. So as of September 1st of this year, I no longer will be an agency owner, which I like still, it's, it's, it's like really crazy to say it out loud. Um, in fact, like I've said it out loud maybe five times. So wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I know, but I love I that you have said, I need to do what brings me joy and I need to Correct. do what sets my soul on fire. And I, we, I talk about that a lot on the podcast. What sets your soul on fire, right? If you don't love customer service, like we talked about, go hire somebody to do your customer service. Amen. You know, if you love sales, that's great. Go sell, right? If you hate sales, don't sell, right? Mm-hmm. If you love you know, organization structure. If you're, if you're an operations person, do operations and hire the people, you know, but do what sets your soul on fire. Some agency owners want to be in the middle with the, with the people and they want to answer the phones and they want to do stuff. Some people don't touch that stuff with a 10 foot pole. Right. And, um, all of it's good. All of it's okay. You know, and even if people are in sales, if they're, if they are in service, if they need to transition, I've talked to so many people who said, I've done this, 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 and this with carriers and so forth. And it's great because they found the pieces Mm -hmm. of their career on fire. And I think that sometimes we as women and, or as agency owners and, or in leadership of any kind pigeonhole ourselves that we say, I started this, I'm doing this, I have to do this, or it's going to kill me if I, I'm not, you know, if it kills me, that's okay, because I made this choice and it's mine. And we Mm -hmm. forget that we can still have another chapter if that's what we want. Yeah. You know, and I, it's crazy because you say that and it's, when I made the decision, my decision was, was actually made. My, my two oldest girls are getting ready to transition. They're going to college. So I have one moving out. One has decided to stay home with me for another year. Thank God. Cause I couldn't take both of them at the same time. <laughs> right. um, so the, everything in my life is going through this huge transition right now. And I still felt this immense weight. And again, it's really hard to walk away from something that's making you money. Ultimately, I don't, I mean, I, I work my eight hours every day, but like I'm eight years in at this point, I'm not working 70 hour weeks anymore. That's not a thing in my life. Like for the, for all intents and purposes, I, this is what I'm saying to out loud to my husband. I should be happy. I should be happy in my job. And this is a true, like I am a walking example that you can still function at your highest degree. You can still build a successful company. You can still work out every morning at 5.30 AM and still be done with your kids after dinner time, and still not be happy because you don't feel filled. 
And that is what was happening with me at the agency. The pieces that made me feel filled, I stopped working on the marketing, oh. the blogging, the, um, the really diving in and finding fundamentally, what does my client want? What makes them think? How can I grow? That stopped right around COVID time. And a lot of that was because of COVID, but a lot of that simply was just because of me and because I have been holding in all the marbles and all the pieces and trying to do too much on my own. And like, like you just said, this is my baby. This is, you know, and there's been, there's been more happy tears than sad tears about this, about this entire journey and experience. And like I told my husband too, like, how crazy is it that we can start the business and do all the things, but how even crazier is it that like, I'm essentially quitting my job, but someone's going to pay me to do it. How nuts is that? Like, it is just, like, so wait a second. I built this business. I made money off of it all this years, blood, sweat, and all these years, blood, sweat, and tears. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do something that makes me, mm-hmm. makes me whole. And I'm yeah. going to take the pieces that made me whole and what I learned and the platforms that were created for me and the relationships that I had. And I'm going to leave the insurance space. And that was, that's something that I want to be super crystal clear about. Obviously we're still um, at the very end of our transition And, you know, that might be something later on too, that like, I can always touch back with you on, because I think there's a lot of agency owners out there that are worried, like, okay, transitionally, like, what is this going to look like when you buy or sell or anything like that? And we are doing something a little different. We're doing something in a different way to make sure everyone is snuggled and loved and held tight and through this, through this process. And it's been a really positive process. And, um, but I want to be clear in that I actually am getting out of the insurance space. So it's not me making, you know, it's not me making a move to another agency. I'm not going to a carrier. I'm not going to a marketing like company with an insurance. Like that's not something that, um, I think my time in insurance is just, you know, 18 years has been a good ride where I'm just going to take what I learned here and what I've learned to be able to equip myself with, um, positive tools for mental health and physical health. And I'm going to take that and actually create like a well-rounded person that feels filled because nobody's responsible for that. Just me. And, you know, you ask the question, like, how is it, how do you get up out of, how do you get yourself out of a funk and you're relating it to physical funk? Yes. Like that's well, physical that's, and emo- <laughs> yeah, but emotional. Yes. I think sometimes though that funk tells us that we're out of alignment with our soul. A hundred percent. I think literally what I was going to say, going just what I was going to say, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think we have to ask ourselves that question. You know, Mm -hmm. what is it, what is it here that's not working, right? It could be that we went through a trauma in our life, a divorce or a a life situation, a loss loss of some sort, you know, a a personal emotional loss, right? A a physical financial loss, whatever it could be. Somebody could be ill. There's, there's a tons of, of losses out there, you Mm know, um, that really we need to make sure we dive deep and, and do that, that diving deep to be able to figure that out, to be able to get over that funk. Right. And I totally agree with that, but sometimes it's just, we're not in alignment. Sometimes it's just that we've changed. I always say, I always say insurance is like a great pair of jeans. The same pair of jeans that fit you when you're 18 does not fit you when you're 35. It does not fit you when you're 80, right. Or when you're 50, right. right? It just doesn't. So insurance is that way, but I think it's a great life analogy too, right? The same life that I had when I started this agency 
I was 28 years old when I started my agency. The life I had at that point is not the life that I have today at 49. And it is very, I would have been, it would have been 29 because it's going to be in March. Anyway. Um, so, but it's not, the, I'm not the same me. I'm not the same person. So why do we pigeonhole ourselves into the mm-hmm. fact that we have to do the same things? If somebody worked for yeah. a company and they made a career change, we'd say, look at them. They're, they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're doing a great thing, but because maybe somebody's in ownership or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we think, oh, did something go wrong? No, right. this chapter oh my gosh. is just done. This chapter Absolutely. Is done. That is such, you know, it's so interesting because the close friends that I have told that this is happening out of the industry, they have all been super celebratory. And I have a very core group of five friends that I've had for years within the industry. We have our own like little group chat. It's a whole thing. Like, And so I have my five outside and my five inside. Both of my five people on both sides were immensely happy, congratulatory. You know, my, my insurance ones are a little bit like, okay, this is what, like making sure that I'm taken care of, making sure that like everything's sewn up, but it's hard when you talk to somebody, because normally when someone is selling their business, it has a very negative connotation Mm -hmm. and that also plays into why we in business have such issues with our mental health because everything we do, we're, suppo- we're expected to excel at a higher standard than people who are not in a leadership role or an agency owner role. And for me, I think that's total BS because that's one of the best things about being a leader. And this is one thing that I've had to tell myself. One of the best things about being a leader is that you don't have to sit in a mold. You don't have to mm. have someone tell you, you get yes. to actually decide. But a lot of times what we're doing is we are making the decision that if we're not functioning at full send seven days a week, we look weak. We look yes. like we, we look like we're not going to make it in this business. And we look like, you know, I, I, I could go on and on and on about the amount of times I was given basically like a verbal backhand for being a 19 year old female in the insurance space, let alone when I did it again and started an independent agency that was digital. Oh, you're never going to make it without a brick and mortar. You're never going to do this. You're never yeah. going to, people, people love oh, that term. People love that term. You're never, you know, you have to, you need to, you have to do these things. No, I don't. No, I don't you can have do to do those you things. Yep. And like with going back to the physical health, because I really true to my core belief, and I can only speak for my self in this, if my physical self is off, my mental self is off. And my physical self is not just what I'm doing to be active on a daily basis. It's what I'm putting in my body. I have a very unhealthy relationship with food. If I'm having a bad day, you will find me in the pantry, taking down a sleeve of Oreos. That's just my life. That's reality. (laughs) So I don't, I don't believe, and you've probably heard me say this before. I don't believe in the word balance. I know mm-hmm. that's weird, but I think it's an easy word that a lot I of people agree. throw out because you have the the truth is you're never going to be balanced because sometimes in your life, you need to be more present in your personal life. And yep. sometimes in your life, you need to be more, you are never going to be 50, 50 at both sides. No, you're going to, sometimes you're going to be, it's, it's like the relationship rule. Sometimes Matt's going to appear at a 90%. I'm only going to be able to give 10, but that is our own version of mm-hmm. consistency. And when someone's selling their agency or when someone's going through the things that I've been going through, I think your initial thought is I didn't make it, but I 100% 
but you know what? Let's let's honestly say, and we're not we're not talking numbers or anything like that. But here, mm-hmm. but if you sold candles, okay, mm-hmm. if you sold candles or you sold a widget, right? Teresa, and I love me a good candle. I, I love, love it. A candle, yeah, man, they are. I mean, candles are like you know. That's what we should be doing. I don't know why we're selling insurance. Why are we not selling candles? We're selling candles. They're selling joy. Selling oh. joy through candles. <laughs> I, I don't know anything better than candles. Maybe my my best friend would tell you hand soaps because she thinks hand soaps are the greatest right. thing on the planet. But uh, let's go with candles. We're selling right. candles. So we're selling candles. So if you sold your candles for, you know, say you sold whatever, you, you, you build a candle business, right? And you sell mm-hmm. your candle business, right? Somebody comes in and you sold. To me, it's an honor and a privilege that you've built yes. something that somebody else feels is enough that they want to invest in and bring into their fold, into their mm-hmm. space, because it's healthy enough. Because if you if you were out buying an agency, because I bought an agency uh, two years ago, and I look at it, is it healthy? What's the book like? Is it a, is it a good mix? What are the team like? Who's the staff? You know, what's what's the dynamics of the of the the insurance? Right? What's their technology? You go through all of that before mm-hmm. then you go, okay, now let's talk a little bit further, right? And then you have these conversations with your spouse, hopefully, or whoever that, you know, what are we willing to do for this? Or we know what kind of loan, where are we going? What are we doing? What are our terms? What are we comfortable with? How long are we going to do it? There's so much invested in that, that we, why don't we think that by being bought, it's an honor because it's a process. It's a struggle. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, it's an honor that we have built a business that somebody else is willing to be able to come in and and bring into their own fold, you know, because people don't want to buy junk. I mean, people just don't, you know, I mean, no. uh, you know, the, it's not like, you know, the, the, our insurance agency is the dollar store or something, you know, I mean, you know, we have a good investment in it. You are known for your digital platform. You're known for a great, uh, you know, uh, engagement with your clients. And I think we need to see it as an honor. If we were selling candles and somebody came to us and wanted to buy our candle business and make an investment, we would see that as an honor. We wouldn't yeah. go, Oh, well, you know, yeah. Susie, you know, she went into that um, apple pie mixed with like lemon and that candle like stunk. So obviously she had to sell. We yeah. don't say that. We think, oh my gosh, look what Sally did. Right. She's a rock star. She built something somebody wanted to buy who they thought was great. She yeah. can move on to her next project. And there's tons of serial entrepreneurs out there and people that have businesses Absolutely. that they do something and then they move on to something else. Why do we not do that in the insurance space? I just, it comes, it comes back to the entire thing. The whole topic of, of our chat today is of mental, mental awareness, mental health, physical health, physical awareness. It's because we are not conditioned to be able to say, I'm going to celebrate myself. We as moms, as business owners, as wives, and I'm, if you're fortunate enough to have somebody who can champion you through life, like God bless that is that is the number one thing I wish for everyone listening. If you can just find one person, I don't care if mm-hmm. it's a spouse or a best friend or whatever, if you can find one person to champion your life, you've made it. But yep. it's because we've been conditioned to say we are not allowed to champion ourselves. And that is why we have negative connotations when it comes to, oh my gosh, I feel depressed. Something's wrong with me. Oh yep. my God, I have anxiety. Something's wrong with me. Like, Depression and anxiety are real. And the majority, I'm sure there's some crazy number of women who are business owners who have it and who are struggling through it and who are making it. The difference is, is that when you are in a leadership role and you are an entrepreneur and you have something that fuels your fire, 
your ability to actually have the want to move through your depression or be aware, it can be so fueling for your next step. Like if you look back in my journal from two years ago, you would see a woman who was just broken, Mm. just, you know, which is funny because my husband and I have almost been married for two years. And if you think about it, like engagement, like you're engaged. Oh, this is so exciting wedding. No, my wedding was canceled because of COVID. Like we had so much stuff happening. We had eight people living in my house. Like I was at the epitome of just, I needed to figure something out. And it took me a long, lot longer than I should have allowed it to. But the reality is it came from me sitting at my computer every single day for eight hours a day and truly not being authentic to myself and being authentic to myself looks like, Aaron, you are done. Like you've done something great. You've built something you've made impacts. I would like to think I've made impacts in people's lives. I would like to think I would like to think I made an impact in the insurance industry. Like I, there are times where I'm sure, you know, when I'm sitting in bed at night, I'm going to think, Oh, policy change. I'm sure that's going to (laughs) happen. Hopefully. (laughs) but I'm really, really looking forward and appreciate you for giving me a platform to actually talk about it because it's such a celebratory thing in my life. Mm -hmm. And so many people have asked me that I'm sure we're going to have people like commenting underneath, like, what are you going to do next? Like, and isn't that the coolest thing that here I am 37 years old. I basically, if I was a police officer, I could go two more years and I could retire. Like how bananas is that? Right. Crazy. So I'm 37 years old. Like I have so many tools and so many, like, I just, the people I've surrounded myself, that's another, you know, that's something else that if you can do anything in this space, surround yourself with mm-hmm. people yourself. who are going to, mm-hmm. who are just going to shoot you straight. Not if you're sitting with somebody and they're telling you how big their book of business is or how many people they have working for them, find a new table. Those aren't the people you want to sit with. Who cares about how big somebody's book is? Let's talk about making something together. Let's talk about making something cool and changing the industry and changing mm-hmm. the world. Building each other up and supporting yeah. each other and making the world better for the next generation. I mean, you yeah. know, I think that's Absolutely. really where the power is. Absolutely. And give you, give yourself permission to say, you know what? I think it was a Beyonce quote. I have to really dig deep for this one. I can't remember exactly, but I want to say it was her. We'll just go with it. You can, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I really don't want to walk today. I really feel crappy. I really, and maybe you're walking looks like something different. Like everyone's version of working out is different. Right. But if that's your, if that's your thing and you're like, I really don't want to do it today. You're allowed to feel that you're allowed to sit in that space. You just can't unpack your bags and stay there. You got to keep them packed. So that way we can figure something out moving forward and maybe change it up a bit. And that's ultimately what made me decide to sell my business was I needed the mental change up a bit. I needed to take all the things I love, which I mean, we ain't done yet. Like we got lots of fun things coming. I have lots of fun things happening in my own like professional career and my life and my personal life. And I haven't been this fueled, you know, since I started the agency, um, but I'm going to take all the great things that I've learned and all the great things that I've created and do something really freaking awesome. And I'm pretty excited for the next chapter. I think it'll be amazing. And I, what I really want people to hear from this conversation is that when we are overwhelmed with the shoulds, I should do this. I need to do this. I, 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 you know, um, you know, I'm expected to do this, right? Yeah. There's a time and a place that that's okay, right? But when that becomes so overwhelming, 
Mm-hmm. We need to find something that sets our soul on fire. And it could be a yes. hobby. It could be exercise. It could be, you know, uh, volunteering somewhere. Service mm-hmm. is a huge way to set your soul on fire. It yes. doesn't mean you have to go sell your agency. It doesn't mean you have to do no. something kind of crazy or big <laughs> like that. Right. Like if you're having a bad week, if you're having a bad week, do not sell your agency. Like we're talking about, like, this has been like a year in the making of me really feeling this and going through this. And this is obviously, oh, this is all very personal to me. And, um, don't quit on your worst day. That's kind of, you know, and this is funny because as a mom, for all of you nursing mothers out there who have nursed babies or had to, you know, when I was going through that with my youngest, I had this lactation specialist tell me that quote. It literally is relative in every single aspect of life. She goes, don't quit on your hardest day. I'm like, that's so stupid. Why wouldn't you quit on your hardest day? That means you're out of it. <laughs> that's when you want to no, no. quit. <laughs> Correct. Right. You can't quit on that day. You got to put in the work to be able to have a celebratory yep. quit day, to be able to be like, holy smokes, like I've done it. I've never worked so hard in my life as I've had to work the last few weeks in getting all this stuff wrapped up. That stuff is worth, it's worth the peace and the calm to say like, I built this and I'm going to go out with the same integrity that I had when I came into it. And like you said, I'm not encouraging everyone to sell their book, but I am encouraging women because I'm probably going to get kicked out of this group in a couple of weeks. I am encouraging women that it is a hundred percent okay. And it is not endearing quality to say that this is really hard, but I have to continue. Like I have to continue in the mess. I have to continue to feel there is nothing sexy about burnout. There's nothing sexy about you feeling like crap because you don't have any time for yourself. Those are things that if there is something wrong and you're feeling that way, and you want to be an agency owner and you want to like do everything you're doing, then look at the other tools that and women of IOA provide like something so simple, like the email thing, something as simple as, you know, how to get out of, how to get out of, um, not being able to delegate. How do you do well, just I have- find the resources to be able to, yes. to help solve your problems, whatever yes. those, whatever those challenges are. If it, you define the resources and ask the questions, don't be afraid to ask questions, learn, grow. We're not perfect, no matter what it is that we're doing in the insurance industry. And we're never going to be better at what it is that we do if we don't ask the questions and get the mentoring and the, the help to be able to move forward. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm really grateful for you guys. I'm really grateful that there are amazing, amazing, not just women, but men in this industry. And we've, been very fortunate to be, I've been very fortunate to be a part of it during such a, like it really changed in the last mm-hmm. 18 years. And how yes. insane is it like that? Like we got to be a part of that. And, you know, it sounds so final because for me it is final, but it also mm-hmm. feels really, it also feels really cool to like have so much time to reflect back on and say, wow, like IOA was created like the whole insurance agents working together as opposed to yeah. like, that's crazy. Like that's never going to work is what yeah. I, I remember saying at the beginning. And here we are. And like you and Denise and all of these amazing women and women of IOA, like being able to really like band together and create even more specific need for yeah. our industry, the need to be able to champion women to say, you know, it is okay that you're not okay. You're not supposed Mm -hmm. to be okay. Like this is really a not okay 
any, any kind of business being a business owner, it's, you're never going to be okay. And it is okay to be able to say, I'm not weak because I chose a different path and that I chose myself. Yeah. So I, you know, I really, I really appreciate you friend. I really do. I can't tell you, I can't tell you enough. And it's weird saying things out loud. It's strange. Makes it real. I love it though. I love it though. And um, just in in one last point, I love the fact that you journal your thoughts because for me to journal my thoughts, to go back and look at them, lets me see them from a different perspective so that Mm -hmm. I can say, Hey, that's not healthy. And I can't do that when I'm in the thoughts to think, Oh, this isn't healthy. Right. Until I sit back and I go, Oh, I was a little snarky to myself, you know, and there's that whole phrase of, I wouldn't, I would not allow somebody else to talk to me the way that I talk to me. Right. And the way that I talk about myself or what it is that I'm doing. And when I can journal and just really pour into the pages of a journal, I Mm -hmm. love the fact that then I can go back and I go, Oh, I'm not in a good place right now. And I think it brings an awareness to us. That's Mm -hmm. different from something else. So if people if people think of journaling as like this really long thing that you've got to write pages and pages, it could be just blurbs, no. it could be words, it could be pictures, it could be, you know, just one single thought. It, journaling does not have to be paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of long well, litany. You're not writing a book, right? So that's I just really want to make sure that we point. bring that up too. Because I think that awareness is the first step to saying, I want to do better because this is not okay for me to talk to me this way. Absolutely. And you can, if you're the type of person who's going to fight Teresa and be like, I don't like to write in a journal. I don't like it. Okay, cool. My suggestion to you would be start an email account. Like maybe it's like future self 101, whatever. At gmail.com, right? Correct. Don't open it, but send emails as your journal. So like you email yourself and then two years from now, if you want to go look at your emails, you can, and you can look back. I have to, I have to tell you, journaling has absolutely changed my life. Like I've committed, made very simple goals. Like don't take too much on with your working out, your activity set things that you can swallow. Like that. It's not like, Oh, I need to lose 20 pounds. Like don't do that. That's, that's silly. Do things on a weekly basis. If you're like me, take a before and after picture. Cause it's not about the weight. It's about how you look and feel about yourself. Journal through yes. it, get your, get your goal in place, whether you like to goal about work or, you know, I'm a, I love creating me some work goals and I've had to create those for new ventures as you know, I'm working through this one. And no matter what your vice is, no matter what your issue is, whether it's depression, anxiety, or maybe you like Oreos, like I do, like whatever it is, all of it, yep. all of it's okay. And it's yours. And there's nothing wrong or right. It's just not allowing yourself to get into the mind frame of, oh, I need to be doing this and just accepting where you are. I love it. I love it. And I think that's just so awesome to be able to just love and accept yourself the way you are, exactly where you are and love where you've been and love where you're going. And that to me is that to me is the love and light, right? It is the the love, the process. The, I love those jeans when I was 18 years old and they fit me beautifully and I look really good in them. But you know what? I really like my comfy jeans right now. So I'm really happy and I really like my yoga pants. So I'm a really happy person in that space, right? My life changes. I change. My business changes. Yeah. My, my, my family changes. Mm-hmm. Going from being a mom that had kids and working and blah, 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 then a single mom and then married and, and, you know, and now being an empty nester is just freaking hard. It's It's just really hard, hard, you know, and it's all a journey. And if we think we can avoid pain, if we think we can avoid change, ah, that's not a realistic concept at all. No, we don't want to. It's not just an insurance. It's life, life changes. 
Yeah. We don't want to. And as I'm, as I'm changing around all my kids' rooms and moving kids out and moving, you know, my son said something, which I'll, I'll wrap up mine with that. But my son came into my room the other night. It's his first night in his like preteen fancy pants room. He's about to be nine and he's always shared a room like with a sibling. Um, and so now we're having our college girl flip around. Uh, we, none of the kids have to share rooms anymore. So, um, he comes into me and he goes, mom, I really like my new room, but I really don't like change. I said, yeah, bro. I don't like change either. It's tough. It's really hard. You want me to come lay with you? And I said, I lay with him for a little bit. And, and I was in there and he goes, mom, he goes, it's okay. Change is really hard at first, but I'm going to be okay. And I was just like, good job what in the world. <laughs> so that's my, that's my, instead of push it, shut it, it, keep it down. This it's is our new mantra. Okay. Change is going to be really hard, but it's going to be okay. We I can do it. That's what things. we're going to call the podcast. That's what we're going to call the podcast. Change is really hard, but it's going to be okay. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it too. Well, Aaron, thank you so much. If people do want to reach on out to you to be able to talk to you a little bit about your process, how can they reach out to you and be able to connect with you? So I, um, which is funny because normally, like, have you ever had to, have you ever had to unsubscribe from like 800 emails in a period of weeks? (laughs) I have. Um, so I will still have my email access, uh, for me probably into mid October, to be honest with you, um, out of respect for the new agency owner, I really won't get into, um, get into that information, but they are amazing. And, um, if for some reason your email finds me in that time, they will always make sure I get it. My, uh, my business email is Aaron at integrity has been for light years. It's going to be weird not having that anymore. Um, the be- that truly is the best way that you can reach me until like mid October. But you can always Facebook me too. I'm on there yeah. as Aaron Kaiser. That's a huge way. Um, I've now used Facebook only typically for business stuff. So if you find me on Facebook, feel free to you know shoot me a message. I'll be as honest as I possibly can about anything that you need me to be. And you know, keep in mind I have six kids. So if I don't get back to you at eight o'clock at night, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us for another episode here at the Power of Women in Insurance podcast, where, you know what? We create the opportunity for you to take this amazing information and create your own power in your own space. So we love you for listening. We do drop another episode every single Wednesday. So join us on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, blah, 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 all the other places that you could possibly think of. So join us every single week. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out everywhere that you go because we love supporting women in the insurance space. Everybody, I will talk to you next week. This is Teresa Kitchens and I'm signing out. Have a good one, everybody.